good job. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with the county judge rights now. Board of Professional Land Surveyors Item Writing Committee, 
which writes the exams for licensure uh, for land surveyors. I am passionate about liberty and government. The overarching purpose of government is to secure the rights of the citizens. Liberty breeds prosperity. I have been awake and aware for many years now, paying attention to what's going on in the world, and I've been involved in local politics for 15 years. In that time, I have witnessed the continued degradation of society and culture and government. In 2020, they closed our businesses, told us to stay home, prevented us from visiting dying loved ones in hospitals and in nursing homes. They told us we couldn't assemble for weddings and funerals and church services. And it finally occurred to me that if I wanted to secure the blessings of liberty for my family, that I was going to have to run for local office. They say that all politics is local. And I believe the best way to save our country is one local government at a time. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, early remarks. Well, I appreciate uh, everyone who has turned out this evening. I am uh, seeking the office of a county judge. I was born and raised in Schulenburg. I want to recognize my wife, Vi, is here. She, serves as, she served as the extension agent here in Fayette County, but we remember in the old days as the Homemakers Club uh, for about 20 years since she retired in about 05 or so. I also have two of my sisters here, residents of LaGrange, Barbara Kalina and uh, Teresa Wolf are here this evening. Uh, Barbara and Teresa and I and another sister and two brothers grew up just outside the city limits in Schulenburg. Uh, born and raised there in Schulenburg. Went to uh, elementary school at St. Rose, high school at Bishop Forest. Went to work at the radio station in 1977 at the age of 21. I've been uh, at the radio station, currently co-owner of the radio station. Been affiliated with for 45 years. Uh, for 28 years, I have served as Justice of the Peace. I found it interesting here tonight, listening to the, uh, the three candidates who are seeking that office. I have uh, served, as I say, for 28 years. We recognize Judge Ross, who uh, had that position for many years. I want to say that her dad, Fred Ross, also had that position. And when I was first elected uh, in 94, Judge Fred Ross was serving in that capacity. I'm close to county government. I was uh, very good friends with Fritz Lowprice, who served as county judge in the mid to late 70s. I was very close friends with Dan R. Beck, uh, who died in 15. He served as a county judge and a district judge. When we lost him in 15, I did the eulogy. It was honored to be a uh, to do the eulogy at his funeral service. And I have worked closely with the county judge who served as county judge for 28 years, Ed Yanechka. Uh, Ed Yanechka and my oldest brother, Alvin, were roommates at Sam Houston State University many, many years ago. And then I've worked closely for the last four years, well, actually three years, Judge Weber's in his fourth year right now. I've worked, I've worked closely with him, so I'm familiar with county government. I've been here my whole life, and I'd like to, I'd like to be your next county judge. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. I'm Craig Moreau. I'm running for county judge. 
Uh, I'd like to just open with a brief comment about the prayer that opened up this uh, service. It's the second time we've heard this prayer. Uh, it's asked us to pray for the corruption and sins of our politicians. Uh, we do need to pray for the corruption and sins of our politicians. Also, we need to pray for the corruption and sins of all of us. It is, um, uh, it's very clear that there's only one perfect person, and as uh, Judge Weber says on a regular basis, they crucified him. Uh, Romans 13.1 says God puts leaders in a position for a reason. Sometimes those leaders are put in a position as a blessing. Sometimes those are put in a position as a punishment, I think, for us not doing what we should do. Uh, I would pray that if you choose me as your next county judge, uh, I will be a blessing to you and that you will pray for me. But even if you choose someone else to be a county judge, I want you to pray for them as well. Uh, pray for every politician, every leader in this county uh, because we need it and we need it severely. Uh, I'm running for county judge with a pledge to you, the county residents, a pledge for safety, community, and prosperity. Safety and community lead to prosperity. Without a safe environment, we can't move to having a community that can do the things that it needs to do. Uh, without community doing the things we need to do, we will not have prosperity. These things are intrinsic and they need to work together, and I have a plan to do so. Uh, I always plan for running to run for county judge when our current uh, judge retired. Uh, judge Weber is my boss. It's been an absolute honor to work for him, work for him, and learn from a man of that caliber. Uh, if a three-star general asked for me to, you know, be his tire man, I would do that. But being able to be the chief of emergency management, and homeland security uh, under a general of that caliber is is an absolute honor. Uh, like I said, I am the Pay County Chief of Emergency Management and Homeland Security. We have done that. Uh, for the last several years through some of the hardest times we've had in our county. We've had a, a massive pandemic uh, that has shut down the world. Uh, we've had floods that have been unbelievable, 100, 200, 500 year floods that are coming on a, on a regular basis. Uh, and we've had an ice storm that, that froze the entire state of Texas. Uh, my wife, uh, who you got to meet earlier, is an amazing lady. I think you saw that uh, in, the, in, what, in our speeches earlier. Uh, we have three daughters, uh, Reagan, Madison, and Lincoln, as you might know, are uh, named after Republican presidents. Uh, we do have a strong commitment to raise uh, conservative, strong ladies that will make a, a difference in this world. I come from a law enforcement family. My father, uh, Lieutenant Moreau, is here tonight. Uh, my dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, all of my uncles are, uh, are law enforcement. I've, I've been in that world since the time I was born. I had a little uniform as a kid with a badge number of hat is how long uh, we've been associated uh, with the fire department, with the police department, sorry. I uh, moved to Fayette County shortly after college. Um, previous to that, I uh, lived in the, in the Houston area and um, I'm so glad to call uh, Fayette County my home. Uh, I'm a Houston firefighter. I'm a senior captain with the Houston Fire Department. Um, I'm getting ready to retire from that. I cannot wait to do so. Uh, the timing uh, coincides perfectly with taking uh, the office of county judge. Uh, other history that I have, I was a youth minister. Uh, I'm on the board of directors for many organizations, including the Jansen Animal Shelter. I ran out of time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Lori? Hi, I'm Lori Berger. I am from Guatonia, Texas. I was uh, born in Warmer, lived in Flatonia almost my whole life, raised uh, three children. Uh, in uh, 1991, I was elected to city council, and then in 1998, I served as the first woman mayor in Flatonia, which was a task. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> A lot of people didn't understand how a woman could be a mayor, but we did it. I did it. Uh, and I stayed there uh, until 2006. 
And after that, I was appointed to my first governor's board by um, Governor Ann Richards and then George, uh, Governor Bush. 2009, Rick Perry, uh, Governor Rick Perry, appointed me to the LCRA board for a six-year term, and I was reappointed to that to the LCRA by Governor Abbott for a total of over 12 years, where I served as chair of the Community Development Grant Committee and also chair of Land and Community. I enjoyed uh, immensely the chance to serve on the LCRA. I learned a uh, enormous amount of how things are done and how things can be done and how things uh, should be done. And it was always uh, to help citizens, help Texans. Uh, whether it was through grants or whether it was through flooding or through uh, emergencies that we had, uh, then we were there. And that's what that taught I got from LCRA. I uh, now, and I also, uh, on local boards, I've served on Faith Memorial Hospital, Guardian uh, uh, Jansen Animal Shelter, uh, St. Mark's Board as well, and I've dedicated most of my life to serving the citizens of Texas, and uh, I know that I have the willpower and the strength to represent and serve everyone here tonight, or everyone here in Fayette County. Thank you. Now we'll go ahead and start our questions for our county judge candidates. We're going to start a ballot order with uh, William. Uh, question number one. William, how familiar are you with the responsibilities of county judge? And what experience has provided you with this familiarity? Well, I've been studying the laws and reading statutes, and I can tell you that the only constitutional requirement for the position is they be well informed in the law. I've been a student of law for many years. Uh, the, the judge presides over the various county courts, and one of their response, his responsibilities is to make sure that everything that the government does is lawful. Um, the county judge presides over the commissioner's court and executes the will, and it serves as the chief county, the chief executive of the county. It's actually the commissioners that run the county, and the judge simply executes the will of the commissioner's court. The county judge serves as an advocate and represents the citizens around the state when dealing with elected, elected representatives in the governor's office. Uh, in my experience, um, I've served on committees for decades, demonstrating my strong leadership and ability to organize committees and meetings. I've served as Republican Party precinct chair for, I think, 10 years. I even organized the convention one year. Um, and I've served as election judge in the Plum West Point precinct for eight years. Since beginning my campaign five months ago, I've had a, I have been attending commissioner's court meetings and meeting with elected officials and employees around the county, learning that all that I can about the operations of the county government. Thank you. Dan, how familiar are you with the responsibilities of county judge and what experience has provided you with this familiarity? Well, the county judge's office is a, uh, it's not an eight to five office, similar to the position I have right now. As Justice of the Peace, I'm, uh, I'm on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, similarly, the, uh, the county judge's position is not eight to five. 
serve as the administrator, sort of like the mayor of a town, if you would. The, the county judge is similar to the mayor of a town in, in, uh, in the county, but the whole county as a whole. I'm, I feel that the position of uh, uh, county judge should be a uh, reflection of the people. And I believe of the people of here in Fayette County, precincts one, two, three, four, I believe that I reflect the people of this county. I believe I reflect the values of the county. I, uh, I'm familiar with the county. I'm familiar with the people of the county. I'm familiar with county government. And uh, I would appreciate being your county judge. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Craig, how familiar are you with the responsibilities of county judge and what experience has provided you with this familiarity? Thank you. I'm extremely familiar with uh, what the county judge does. He's my boss. Uh, his office is just down the hall from mine and I have the pleasure of talking to him every day. Uh, there are three main duties of the county judge and I found out through this campaign that a lot of people don't know those. Uh, the, the county judge is the chief executive and, and serves as kind of the mayor of the county uh, that works with the city council of County, if you will, uh, which is the commissioner's court. Uh, they make all types of decisions involving employment, involving budget, uh, involving what grants we're going to go for, a, a plethora of things. Pretty much anything that happens on a countywide level is determined by the county judge and the commissioner's court. Uh, the judge also rules over the judicial part of the job. Uh, the, the county judge in this county, and it's different for every county, uh, rules over uh, probates, uh, which is something that is very important because when you're going in and dealing with the death of a loved one and their estate, it's an emotional time. You need someone who knows how to deal with people in an honorable way. Uh, they do class A and class B misdemeanors, which can have significant jail time associated with them. Uh, and they also deal with juvenile court, which is something that I'm very excited about as well because of my history as a youth minister. And uh, one of the most important things they do, especially in times of emergency, are they are the director of emergency management. Uh, a lot of the powers that are set forth by the state uh, and a lot of the things that we do on a, in the emergency operations center all go through the county judge. He is the director of emergency management. Me as the chief of emergency management reports to him. Thank you. Thank you. Lori, how familiar are you with the responsibilities of county judge and what experience has provided you with this familiarity? I've worked with several county judges throughout my LCRA career. Uh, basically one-on-one -on -one for uh, programs in their areas uh, and for grants that they might need to help in certain parks or in certain areas of their community. Uh, I feel like that the uh, judge definitely represents the community and that community is Fayette, Fayette County. And every, every citizen is a part of Fayette County. And I would consider it an immense honor to be able to represent them fairly, equally, and with compassion. Thank you. Uh, we'll start with Dan on question number two. Explain how your personal background, educational degrees, experience, and or licenses will make you the best candidate to serve as county judge. Well, uh, perhaps the best uh, experience at all, experience of life, dealing with people, communicating with, keep, uh, with people. I think one of the candidates prior, I think it was Brad, who talked about being able to communicate with the people. And we keep communications going between all the departments, the commissioners, the 
justices of the peace, the county clerk, the district clerk, and so forth. That's the best way to tackle any problem that might, might come up. So I think that my life experience with uh, communicating with people, my 28 years as justice of the peace, providing, uh, presiding over civil cases, I was just talking to, uh, I'll still call her Judge Ross earlier, when she was a JP here in Precinct 2, the civil limit on a civil case was 5000 now it's $20,000. So we get more cases. I preside over those civil cases. I preside over criminal cases. I had a jury a trial just yesterday in my office in Schulenburg. So uh, my life experiences, communicating with people, giving people a fair shake when they come into court, uh, and uh, just doing the best I can to, to serve the people of Fayette County. Thank you. Craig, explain how your personal background, educational degrees, experience, and or licenses will make you the best candidate to serve as county judge. Thank you, and thank you for this excellent question. Uh, I have a very broad background and experience. I think it prepares me the best for the judge uh, because of that. Uh, I, I was a uh, firefighter for 20 years. As you know, all first responders struggle to make ends meet, and we have to have second jobs uh, to do so. Uh, my second jobs moved me into the business sector, primarily with uh, medical research. I work for small companies, medium companies, and one of the largest companies in the world doing uh, medical related things, primarily medical research. Uh, I was raised by law enforcement officers, as I mentioned earlier. I understand the struggles that come with that. Uh, I know that in this county, we are losing good officers on a regular basis because we're not paying them what they're worth. Uh, and it's costing us more in the long run to do so because when they leave, we have to train somebody else up. And it costs a lot of money to train somebody and get them through the street, get them through their FTO program. It's a difficult thing. Uh, I spent 20 years as a paramedic and uh, as a paramedic, as a county judge, uh, you will receive the Faith County EMS. Faith County EMS is a huge portion of our budget. Uh, having the knowledge and the experience to oversee that helps us uh, to find efficiencies and helps us to run that better. Uh, and I've had a broad educational background, both at uh, junior college, university, and trade school level. I think we need more junior college, university, and trade school options for the people of this county. If we want to have our kids be able to grow up in this county and stay here, we're going to have to train them to do so, and we're going to have to bring those options right here. We already have some good options. Uh, Schulenberg is partnered with Glenn, uh, but we need more. Thank you. Thank you. Lori, explain how your personal background, educational degrees, experience, and or licenses will make you the best candidate to serve as county judge. Well, I started young, started early, uh, learning the how to run a city government and in every aspect. Being the being on council, being mayor pro tem, being mayor of Latonia. And from there, uh, working with, with the citizens, making sure we were doing what we needed to do to support them and to give them what they needed. Uh, as I see it, I think that uh, the job of judge Fayette County is basically the same thing. You need to listen to people, people, the citizens, ask what they want, what they need. Uh, they, you have to, I'm sorry, try to unify the residents of, of every town, every little community in Fayette County. Uh, Fayette County is uh, one of the best counties to live in, or no one would be beating down the walls trying to get in here. And we have to maintain that 
sense of community through the, through the citizens and throughout the county. Thank you. William, explain how your personal background, educational degrees, experience, and or licenses will make you the best candidate to serve as county judge. Um, well, I received a Bachelor of Science from Texas A&M Corpus Christi in 1999 and the degree was Geographic Information Systems. There was an emphasis in land survey and so I have completed probably 140 hours worth of coursework in everything from technology to um, business law, accounting, history of Texas land ownership. Um, I have been surveying for nearly, I see it's been over 20 years now, and I have read tens of thousands of deeds at the county courthouse, not just deeds, but easements, wills, um, restrictions, everything you can imagine that's related to land. And every single one of those legal documents is a little slice of history. And you'd be amazed at what you learn about the history from an area by studying its historical land records. I have surveyed everything from road and bridges to utilities to uh, major infrastructure projects. I've studied zoning ordinances in probably 30 jurisdictions and subdivisions regulations in probably 30 jurisdictions. I'm qualified to rewrite the subdivision regulations. I've studied easement law, dedications. I know about flood zones and elevation certificates. I have de experience developing software. Not only can I understand complex systems and budgets, but I can write software to manage those budgets. I have, uh, I have certified in the FEMA Emergency Management Basics and FEMA Thank you. Uh, Craig, we'll be starting with you for question number three. What are your current sources of income, and if elected, Will you continue them? If so, how will it affect your ability to perform your duties as county judge? Uh, thank you. I currently have income from two places, uh, from being an emergency management chief here at Bay County and as a senior captain with the Houston Fire Department. Uh, and I will be giving up both of those when I'm elected county judge. I have 89 shifts in 12 hours, so I can retire from the Houston Fire Department. Uh, I do it today if I could. Uh, and um, I'm looking forward to only having one full-time job for the first time in my life. Uh, I probably will still work 80 hours a week as county judge, but uh, at least it will be two required 40-hour weeks at, 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 at the same time. So, thank you. Thank you. Lori, what are your current sources of income, and if elected, will you continue them? If so, how would it affect your, your ability to perform your duties as county judge? I am currently the owner of Winehouse. It's been open for six years in Blacktonia, downtown Blacktonia. It's not an advertisement, I'm sorry. Not like that. That's a great <laughs> but uh, also, I do. I left this out last week. I do have stocks and bonds, and I have one rental house, rental property, and I have land that my grandparents left me. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you, William. What are your current sources of income, and if elected, will you continue them? If so, how will it affect your ability to perform your duties as county judge? For the last 20 years, I've primarily had only one source of income, and that's been the business. Um, sadly, I'll have to give that up in order to take the position, but it's something I'm willing to do. In more recent years, uh, my wife has earned some income through Fun Fabulous Foods, and I'm certain she'll continue to do that. I have been um, the model of stability doing the same thing year after year with the ever-growing family. 
and I've demonstrated that I can live within a budget and have the expectation that I can do so as county judge. Raising a family of eight on a moderate income has given me the experience of living within my means, and I'm confident the practical experience will carry over into government. Thank you. Dan, what are your current sources of income, and if elected, will you continue them? If so, how will it affect your ability to perform your duties as county judge? Well, uh, my source of income is the uh, Justice of the Peace position in Precinct 4. My term will come to end December 31st of this year. Uh, I also have ownership in the radio station that I've been affiliated with for 45 years, and I also have investment property. I uh, am in the middle of uh, divesting myself from those properties at this time, and uh, I will be divested completely from investment property uh, if I'm lucky enough to be elected county judge. Thank you. We'll start with Lori for question number four. In order of importance, what are the three most challenging responsibilities of the county judge position? Keeping taxes low, first thing. Providing health care, providing ambulances, anything to do with health care. Uh, also, uh, getting out and knowing the citizens, <laughs> knowing the people and what they want and what they need. Going to uh, Braha, going to uh, Cistern, all these little communities that we don't think about, I guess, but there are a lot of, a lot of people that are settled there now because of the pandemic of COVID, people have moved out and we've got to be careful with that as well. Thank you. William, in order of importance, what are the three most challenging responsibilities of the county judge position? Um, the three most challenging responsibilities are usually gonna be the people, um, the budget, and preparing for the future. Uh, with 250 employees in county government, it's not unlike a large family. And as with any organization, the people are usually the biggest and most important asset. And it's very important to keep them happy, well-trained, and well-compensated. I am a peacemaker by nature, and so it makes me well-suited for managing disputes. Um, regarding the budget, I'm, I'm a fiscal conservative, and I pay attention to detail, and I will be a good steward of the citizens' resources. I flat-out call for the elimination of property tax, and so uh, I'm going to be watching those taxes to keep them from increasing it uh, too quickly or rate. There are plenty of positive things we could spend our money on, but you can't just raise taxes to pay for everything, every good idea that comes to mind. Government welfare is not charity. Uh, the third thing would be to prepare for the future. Um, it's it's gonna be challenging as county judge to remember that you're just a citizen like everyone else, and we must listen to the current concerns of the citizen and look for solutions together. Be careful of buzzwords like master plan because they usually require more government and more restrictions. I have no um, objection to a master plan so long, so long as you are the masters of the plan. One strategy I would implement would be some. Thank you. Uh, Dan, in order of importance, what are the three most challenging responsibilities of the county judge position? Well, I think presiding over a uh, fiscal conservative budget. Uh, we are, after all, here in Fayette County, fiscal conservatives. 
So presiding over a budget, uh, maintaining that low tax rate, making sure that our professional services continue uh, for years. We have been a law enforcement society uh, years ago, and I think even that holds true today. You have some residences across the nation that demean the law enforcement officers. Here in Fayette County, we have long, we have long paid tribute and we honor our law enforcement professionals. And we must keep that type of service alive here in Fayette County, as well as the EMS services. We, we expect, we want our, the best services for our tax dollar. And then I would also like to uh, resurrect something that was tried a few years ago, I believe in 03, and I think my wife may have been part of that. Uh, we had a futuristic forum of about 100 people, as I recall, and we sat down and talked about the future of Fayette County. So I would, uh, I would try to convene about 100 to 150 people here in the county and talk about the future and the way we can uh, be prepared for the future. Thank you. Craig, in order of importance, what are the three most challenging responsibilities of the county judge position? Thank you. They're the three things that are in my pledge, and one leads to the other. Uh, safety is primary. Uh, safety not only for our first responders, but making sure we have the infrastructure to keep us safe. Uh, right here in Ellinger, we have struggled mightily with getting safe water. Almost every county, almost every city in this county is struggling with sewer problems. We're at 97%. Uh, capacity. That's a major, major issue. Ensure safety first and then build community. Uh, as my colleague said, uh, having a master plan is a big deal. And I think one of the best ways to implement a master plan is get government out of the way and let people do it. They can do it better. Our churches, our charities, our nonprofits want to take over and want to do things in a, in a mighty way. Uh, I got to go to a banquet this, this week with a, a lady who talked about services she was given in another state that totaled $40,000 a year for her child that needed special services. She said without all that money, she did not feel like her services got met well. Uh, but when she came here, the community wrapped herself around her, and she's never felt more comfortable and more alive and more cared for, and it was an amazing thing. These things lead to prosperity, which is the third thing in my, in my uh, pledge, and prosperity only comes with an extremely low tax rate and keeping low taxes in every way. Uh, I've been at the forefront of this tax discussion. It's on my signs. We have to keep taxes low to bring in business, uh, to bring pros prosperity. Thank you. Thank you. Willie, we're going to start with you for question number five. Are you in agreement with the restrictions on gatherings, shutdown of businesses, and the mask and vaccine mandates forced upon us by state and federal government during the past two years? If so, then the lawful justification for them. I am not in favor of any of those mandates, and there are no lawful justifications for them. Any rule or lawful order which is unconstitutional is null and void from the beginning as if it never existed. I'm quite certain I will have many pleasant conversations uh, with the county attorney's office. Um, some things I don't need help with, and such as mandates regarding the natural rights of the citizens. There's not really much that the county judge can do by themselves without the support of the uh, community. The citizens actually are the government, and it's up to the elected officials to seek wise counsel from the citizens and find solutions. 
Quite frankly, the citizens are capable of making decisions on their own and they don't need to be told what to do by government. We must challenge any mandate that is immoral, unlawful, or unjust. And I would never do anything to infringe on the natural rights of the citizens. Thank you. Dan, are you in agreement with the restrictions on gatherings, shutdown of businesses, and the mask and vaccine mandates forced upon us by state and federal government during the past two years? And if so, name the lawful justification for them. Well, uh, I'm not sure that I would meet uh, the request for a mandate by challenging it. Uh, I would, uh, I would probably. Uh, ask the commissioners to come in and we sit down and discuss this and then we probably bring the county attorney in to discuss this. Uh, you know, I would like to think that if the state or the nation is, is calling for a mandate, uh, that, that they're acting in good faith and have reason for doing that uh, from a safety standpoint or any other standpoint for that matter. So I would keep myself open. I'm not saying that that I would enforce a mandate, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Thank you. Craig, are you in agreement with the restrictions on gatherings, shutdown of businesses, and the mask and vaccine mandates forced upon us by the state and federal government during the last two years? And if so, name the lawful justification for them. I'm not in favor of those. I think they were horrible. I think telling someone why they have, that they have to do something is a far inferior approach than teaching them why it's important. Uh, there was a lot of tough times and a lot of decisions that were made uh, on a quick basis, and, and I understand where they were coming from, but it was not a good idea, and we should not have done that. Uh, we shouldn't be forcing people to get vaccines. We shouldn't be forcing people to get any medical care. If I knew the vaccine was 100% effective, had absolutely no risk, and gave me six-pack abs and grew your hair, I would still not mandate it. It doesn't make sense. I am an individual that gets to make my own uh, medical decisions, and it was, it was a problem. Uh, I was unfortunately not, kind of had to deal with some of those. So the, the governor would come and say, hey, you have to enforce this or enforce that. Uh, Judge Weber and I did everything we could to lighten that load in every way. Uh, one of the things that they did was shut down all alcohol sales for a while. And um, we got on the phone with TABC and said, in Fayette County, we have a risk level that is low enough. We can open up a bar with limited uh, people inside and it's safe. We wanted to open up all the way and have people make good decisions, but we took that incremental approach and at least got something going. And sometimes you have to make those uh, decisions. The only law I'm in favor of that was used was uh, the Stafford Act, uh, which allowed us to give PPE and medical supplies and hand sanitizer and masks and gloves uh, to our nursing homes in the time of a disaster, which normally we can't because they're private businesses. And that limited exception, I think it was good to suspend some laws because it saved lives. Thank you. Lori, are you in agreement with the restrictions on gatherings, shutdown of businesses, and the mask and vaccine mandates forced upon us by state and federal government during the past two years? And if so, make a lawful justification for them. No, I'm not in favor of them. I believe that every citizen of the county, every citizen of Texas, or every citizen that uh, has had been put under these mandates has their own responsibility to make their decision themselves and what's good for them and what's good for their uh, their families um, the I can't really sit here and say that there is a lawful justification other than the fact that we had a very very bad time with this with COVID 
And if he had, and I don't think that anybody saw it, no one saw it coming. I don't think we had a plan. And I believe that if we would have stepped back for a moment and thought about it, and maybe some of this wouldn't have gotten so far out of hand. So that's my feelings. Thank you. Dan, we'll be starting with you for question number six. What do you see as the role of county judge regarding the enforcement of government mandates? Well, I, I guess my answer would be pretty close to what I just said. Uh, I would uh, meet with the commissioners, I'd meet with the county attorney, and we discuss the legality of, of uh, our options. Uh, I can tell you that I, I'll repeat myself again, that I would, I would be acting on the assumption that the mandates that are being handed down, the people are acting in good faith. I wouldn't uh, receive the mandate naturally thinking it's something I'm going to change. Uh, so uh, pretty much the same thing I just said. I would, I would assume that the request of the mandate, or the mandate that's coming down, that the people are acting in good faith. Thank you. Craig, what do you see as the role of county judge regarding the enforcement of government mandates? Uh, I would not agree that they are always acting in good faith. Uh, we saw a time when we were promised if we will shut down our light for 14 days to flatten the curve, we'll allow you to go back and do what you were doing before. That 14 days turned into months and another month, and school shut down and then started talking about shutting down the next year. That is absolutely unacceptable. We have to fight some of these things sometimes. There are times when it is gonna make sense to have certain restrictions. Burn bans are one of those times. When it gets really dry, we'll try to educate people, we'll try to tell them, hey, be good. But at, at some point, you have to do something. But in general, I, I reject the notion that everyone from above is always trying to do things in the best interest of the people. A lot of times they're trying to do things in their own best interest, and at times there's times to fight them. It takes some discernment, it takes some reasoning, and it takes a lot of prayer to know when those times are the right times. Uh, but there are times when we should not do so. Thank you. Thank you. Lori, what do you see as the role of county judge regarding the enforcement of government mandates? Uh, I think, as I said before, uh, I think that the mandates should not be laid down on us. I think that we should have the responsibility of knowing what's best for our citizens. Uh, basically, the I think that Government is overreach, overreaching, definitely, if they're doing that. Thank you. William, what do you see as the role of county judge regarding the enforcement of government mandates? Well, if the governor makes a mandate with the lawful authority, then it has the force and effect of law. And if the mandate is, in fact, lawful, then the county judge would have little choice but to execute the will of the government just like any other law or statute. However, once again, if it is not lawful, then it is the responsibility of the county judge chiefly to protect and preserve the rights of the citizens first. You can do that through advocacy, through um, uh, discussing, building community support. Uh, frankly, the county judge has done a lot they can do on their own. They need the support of the community. They need the support of the other elected officials and other interest holders in the county. Thank you. Craig, we'll be starting with you for question number seven. 
What changes or improvements would you focus on to positively guide the future of Fayette County? Well, we need to have more communication. Uh, more communication between stakeholders in this county. We need to have more communication with business owners, and we need to have more communications with our nonprofits. Uh, we need to get together in a room at least quarterly, maybe more often, and say, hey, what are the challenges? Uh, I've been talking to business owners this week. They said the massive challenge they have here is getting enough workers to fill jobs. I talked to a gentleman last night that wants to move a $151 million company potentially to this county, but he's, one, he's worried that he has enough people to work, even if he pays high wages. Yeah, that is a, a massive problem, and, and I don't think all of our leaders understand that. Uh, our, uh, our churches work very well together, and, um, but when there's a disaster that happens, a lot of times they all kind of get in the same room, I mean, get in the same room with people in their church, and they come up with a list of things that need to be fixed, and they all come up with the same list, pretty much, and start at the top, and all duplicate effort. Uh, with better communication, we can assign jobs both before, after disaster, during sunny days and rainy days, uh, to take those leads. Uh, we've seen a local church take a lead for uh, feeding people every Monday night. I think that's an awesome thing uh, because there was some communication that went on, and now other churches are helping that church. And they come, and they pray for people, and they give them a hamburger every Monday night. These little things can equate to big things if we continue the conversation and, and move forward. So communications with our nonprofits, communications with our elected officials and stakeholders, and communications with our business community, maybe that one the most important because that's the one that has not happened very much so far. Thank you. Lori, what changes or improvements would you focus on to positively guide the future of Fayette County? I would be a good role model, first of all. Uh, treat citizens like they uh, have, uh, well, treat citizens the way they want to be treated. Be respectful. Uh, let them have a say in what, what goes on in, county go in the county government. They have a say sometimes in local government, but not very rare. Very rarely do they have a say in county government. I think uh, gathering together citizens, committees from different all areas of Fayette County, bringing them together and sitting around a table and really truly discussing and finding out what that area needs. I think that's the best way. Thank you. William, what changes or improvements would you focus on to positively guide the future of Fayette County? Well, being a land surveyor, one of the things that's often on my mind are subdivisions. I'm very familiar with the subdivision process and from visiting the commissioner's court, um, it's clear that they are granting variances for just about every subdivision and that's a pretty clear indication that there's something wrong with the ordinance and needs some work. Um, I would like to see enough growth in this community that my children can stay in Fayette County. I would propose some sort of advisory council uh, for growth and business development. I would like to make sure that the law is applied equally to everyone of every status. I believe there is a need for more mental health advocacy as I understand there's not enough resources in this county to deal with everybody that has a need. You know, there really is no simple solution to a lot of these problems, and the, the best solution is almost always going to start with a conversation with the cities, and I would propose some sort of citizens' council, quarterly meetings in the precincts, um, a lot more citizen participation, and periodically we need to look back at some of the things we have done, some of the actions we have taken, and with humility identify what we could have done better.
Thank you. Dan, what do you see as the role of county judge regarding the enforcement of government mandates? No. Oh, pardon me. What changes or improvements? Don't give me that. Don't give me that. What changes or improvements would you focus on to positively guide the future of Fayette County? Well, uh, you know, I'm not running for this office because I think we have uh, major problems in the county. I'm not running for this office to make any great changes. Uh, I would like to see the commissioner's court meeting streamlined so that uh, people of the county can view the actions that are taken at this commissioner court meetings. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, perhaps form a uh, futuristic uh, conference where we can sit down and talk about how we can best here in the county prepare for the future. Uh, but uh, just a common sense approach, and again, I'm not seeking this office to make any drastic changes. Thank you. Um, Lori, we're going to start with you for question number eight. Okay. Considering any personal financial or property investments, will you commit to avoid any financial transactions which would present a real or perceived conflict of interest if you're elected? Yes, ma'am, I will. Okay, thank you. Uh, William? Same question, considering any personal, financial, or property investments, will you commit to avoid any financial transactions which would present a real or perceived conflict of interest if you're elected? Um, my life is an open book, and all you have to do is take a ride down Old Plum Highway past our little farm to see everything that we have. What you see is what you get. I'm not doing this for the paycheck or for the benefits or the notoriety. I'm doing this to secure the blessings of liberty and prosperity for my family. As a father, I'm used to making sacrifices, and nothing will ever prevent me from dedicating my time and service to the citizens, and I would never jeopardize my ability to serve without conflicts of interest. Thank you. Uh, Dan, considering any personal, financial, or property investments, will you commit to avoid any financial transactions which would present a real or perceived conflict of interest if you're elected? Of course. Uh, I've served as uh, Justice of the Peace for 28 years. This is my 28th year. Uh, that means I've been elected to seven four-year terms. You don't get elected to seven four-year terms if you're perceived not to be uh, doing something ethical. So the answer is short yes like this burger, but mine was just a little bit longer. Okay, thank you. Um, Craig, considering any personal financial or property investments, will you commit to avoid any financial transactions which would present a real or perceived conflict of interest if you are elected? Yes, the only property I own is our farm uh, that we bought uh, at a good time because we couldn't afford it today. It has grown uh, in value tremendously. Uh, but that doesn't matter to me because I never plan on selling it. I want my daughters and my, and my grandkids and my great-grandkids to be able to experience that. Uh, I will not have any conflicts of interest, uh, and I will abide by the judicial code of conduct and every canon in it as that relates to both property, investments, and everything else. Thank you. Okay, we'll move on to question number nine. Um, William will be taking that first. In your opinion, what level of danger does the massive influx of illegal aliens into Texas post to Fayette County, i.e. personal health and safety, county and school finances, tourism, and or the historic culture? Well, the, the vast majority of them are not really dangerous, and um, there are certainly criminal elements uh, coming in. We have to deal with the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, 
the drugs and the nefarious criminal to do manage to get in. Working down on the border quite a bit, pretty heartbreaking to see them walking through the scrub brush, basically dying of thirst. And I have a lot of compassion for those folks. And if we, you know, the, the growth of that population, if it continues to grow, um, it's going to continue to burden the system, and it has the potential to crash it. They certainly take our jobs and they dilute our wages, uh, but there's not really much that the county can do about it. It's not really a county matter. Um, of course, we get to pick up the pieces. Um, I would advocate with the governor's office to close the border, and we should absolutely lock down the border tight, and then we can deal with the consequences and the ramification of the years of inaction and poor decisions by state and federal governments. Thank you. Dan, in your opinion, what level of danger does the massive influx of illegal aliens into Texas post in Bayard County? i.e. personal health and safety, county and school finances, tourism, and or the historic culture? Well, as Mr. Burnson just mentioned, there's not a whole lot the county judge can do about this now. It has uh, impacted the county uh, with our DPS troopers. Of course, the governor has, uh, has asked the DPS troopers periodically to go to the border for security reasons, and so at least one to two of our troopers are out of the county for about a six-week period till they return. So the troopers being gone for the county has impacted us. And also, uh, as uh, Brad mentioned in the prior uh, forum, uh, we do have our share of illegal aliens who are uh, locked up. And when I magistrate at the jail, it is quite, uh, actually out of the ordinary where they're not illegal aliens. So we do have a problem in that respect. But as far as what the county judge can do, uh, I think it's just a limited, uh, a limited thing. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Craig, in your opinion, what level of danger does the massive influx of illegal aliens into Texas post of Fayette County, i.e. personal health and safety, county and school finances, tourism, and or the historic culture? The absolute highest level, uh, in particular because we have I-10 running through our county. Uh, I-10 is the human corridor trafficking of human trafficking corridor of the world. There are more people trafficked through I-10 uh, for illegal immigration, for sex traffic, for all types of things than there is anywhere else. Uh, on any given time, you can rest assured there's someone uh, being drugged through our county uh, against their will. It's a it's a massive problem, uh, and that problem compounds when they get pulled over. Our police officers pull up behind them and they hit the gas and they run and they cause traffic uh, crashes, they cause deaths. Uh, the, the people that they're trafficking when they roll their cars are injured sometimes at great levels. We can have 10, 15, 20 people in a car and when it crashes, that's a problem. Uh, they've hit tourists uh, that have been traveling through our county. Uh, that affects our finances in, in a mighty way and there is something we can do about it. Uh, I sit on the uh, the threat liaison, as a threat liaison officer for the Austin Region Intelligence Center, I get confidential briefings on a daily basis, and we have uh, a lot that we can do uh, by increasing our surveillance, increasing our intelligence uh, to get more information through the uh, threat liaison office, and it lets us go out for some grants for some of that, so it doesn't cost the county anything in the end. There's a lot of federal money available for this. We need to treat it as a threat, identify it as a threat in all of our hazard matrices, and attack it aggressively. Thank you. Lori, in your opinion, what level of danger does a massive influx of illegal aliens in the Texas post of Bayard County, i.e. personal health and safety, county and school finances, tourism, and or the historic culture? 
I think this is going to get, it's bad now, I think it's going to get worse as it continues. Uh, the federal government doesn't seem to have a uh, realistic uh, look at it. We won't take a realistic look at it. They see it as we don't have to deal with it. It's in Texas, so we're not going to do anything. And human trafficking happens. With the Flatonia, we had eight people that were thrown off of a 18-wheeler, had been bumped, you know, just beaten around by the riding in the back of the trailer. Guy dumps them out, find them at 11 o'clock at night. I personally was there. And uh, they, don't, they don't eat, they don't have water. They don't have any, anything for themselves to take care of themselves. They're, they're just left. So we were, through the help of the Fayette County Sheriff's Department, able to get them to a bus to get to Houston to some family. And that's going to happen more and more. And fortunately, these people were very friendly and very willing to uh, ask for nothing but just water. And we got them food and clothes and, and things like that to, together that evening. But uh, as long as this continues to happen, the federal government is going to stand back and act like it's not happening. I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay, we'll go on to our uh, last question in the formal section, um, question number 10, uh, and we will take that to Dan. In the past decade, there's been a large influx of people moving from the urban areas in Texas, as well as from out of state into Fayette County. What are your ideas for managing this growth that will promote economic opportunities while preserving our historic appeal and small town values? Sure, that's going to continue uh, because of our geographical location. I mean, everybody from Houston wants to come here, everybody from San Antonio and Austin, they want to come here, and they're not going to stop coming here. They're coming here because of the beauty of the, count, uh, of the county and, and where we are located. Uh, our best bet for that is to have positive growth. No one wants their property values to go down, so everybody wants the people who move here to have respectable uh, living situations and so forth. So I think that the county has some pretty good restrictions in. I see a Commissioner McGroom here, uh, and I know that they have over the years sat down to make sure that whoever constructs a home or buys property has, has to abide by the restrictions. So many acres before you can drill a well, so many uh, acres before you have septic services and so forth. So the growth is going to happen, period. And the best thing we can do, or the county judge can do, and the commissioner's court can do, is to make sure that the growth, that the growth is in some sort of a controlled manner. Thank you. Craig, in the past decade, there's been a large influx of people moving from the urban areas in Texas, as well as from out of state into Fayette County. What are your ideas for managing this growth that will promote economic opportunities while preserving our historic appeal and small town values? Thank you. We look at historical context when this has been done elsewhere. People have had the same problems that, that we might have and the same opportunities that we may, might have. Uh, one of the places I'm looking at very closely is Montgomery County, Texas. Montgomery County is just down the road. Uh, they were a very small kind of bedroom county uh, that is, they're actually farther away from the Woodlands than we are from Bastrop, and they're farther away from Houston than we are from Austin. 
Woodland started moving into Montgomery County. Austin, uh, Houston started moving into uh, the Woodlands and it created that triple. They did not prepare for it very well. Their roads weren't able to keep up. They had massive traffic, massive congestion. Their sewers were behind. We have to do that better if we're gonna do it here. We have to have a master plan. We have to bring in people who understand growth and urban planning and plan for that. Uh, but we do have a microcosm here of something that did right. Uh, Round Top in a tiny little town uh, said, hey, we're not gonna allow growth inside of our city limits that we can't keep up with. Uh, the sewer system there is at capacity, like almost everything in this county, we're at 97% capacity, but they said, we're not gonna allow growth until we have water and we have sewer for it. They put certain regulations in place so that you don't put a, a really trashy looking building next to something somebody invested a whole lot of money in. This master plan can, can go very well uh, and if we do it on a, uh, on a wise level and, and take the examples uh, that are readily available to us. Thank you. Lori, in the past decade, there's been a large influx of people moving from the urban areas in Texas as well as from out of state into Fayette County. What are your ideas for managing this growth that will promote economic opportunities while preserving our historic appeal and small town values? I would like to see us get a coalition together of the uh, different mayors from Smithfield, Bastrop, where they've already, Bastrop's already had uh, their, it's been going through there. They're going through Smith to Smithville now, moving out to Smithville, and then into LaGrange. And then I think we ought to include Columbus as well. I think we ought to all get together and find ways to work work with each other. Uh, the commissioner's courts, I've been to some of their sessions, and they, they do deal with this quite often. Not only roads, but it's water, it's sewer, septic systems. Uh, I think that working with other uh, communities that have already gone through this will be a very big help. Thank you. William, in the past decade, there's been a large influx of people moving from the urban areas in Texas as well as from out of state into Fayette County. What are your ideas for managing this growth that will promote economic opportunities while preserving our historic appeal and small town values? I know there are many citizens in this county that are that have an anti-growth attitude and would like to keep the outsiders out. Um, I certainly understand the desire to keep the small town charm that we have in this county, but quite frankly, you really can't keep people out. They're going to come, whether we like it or not. If you continue to take an eyes closed at, um, attitude, you're going to get the kind of development that you don't want. A better thing to do would be to, um, the wiser choice would be to properly plan for this growth, and that's only, that's going to require a lot of conversations with a lot of people. The Commissioner's Court is authorized to do a lot of things in regards to infrastructure that we currently don't. In the county, public water and electricity are handled by co-ops. Septic systems and water wells are handled privately. New roads are built by property develops and then simply maintained by the county. Using taxpayer dollars to construct infrastructure would certainly promote growth, but it would also increase in uh, the tax burden on the citizens. I would generally continue to look for ways to fund infrastructure projects like a sewage, uh, sewage treatment plant for the town of Rumtop using grant funding, grant funding and using and matching with county contributions. Thank you. Thank you.
three candidates. We're going to take a 10 minute quick break. Again, if you have any questions, Seek the wise counsel of the citizens 
Of course, you also have the free market option that people are free to um, eat whatever they like, and if they eat somewhere or they are made sick, well, then I would report that in, in the private um, sector, and eventually word will get out and people will stop going there, and that place will correct their actions. So I'm not sure that it, it needs a, a, has a need for a full-time position, but it's something we have to look into. Thank you. Uh, Dan, same question. Fayette County does not currently have a food inspector. Do you believe the residents of the county deserve to be dining at food establishments that are in compliance with health and safety guidelines? And do you support hiring a food inspector for the county? Uh, no, I would not hire a food inspector for the county. I think, as Lori mentioned, uh, there wouldn't be enough 40-hour uh, position there. The perfect person to ask this question to would be my wife, Vi, when she was the extension agent here in the county and the state mandated some things for, for businesses that, that offer food, uh, they had to come into compliance with the state regulations and Vi was the lady that went throughout the county, throughout the businesses to make sure that they were following the state rules. So the bottom line, sure, we all want to know the place we're eating at is clean, unless it's a prevalent problem, uh, I would definitely not add any more bureaucracy to county government. Thank you. Murray, we'll start with you on the, on the next question. What is your vision for bringing in additional, better paying jobs via anchor businesses that will attract permanent young families to Fayette County? I think that would be associated with the uh, growth that's going on around Austin, outside of Austin. Uh, the new <coughs> truck plant that's going in there, uh, there's going to be several parts for those vehicles, and I think that there's going to be a need for locations of uh, companies that work with them, keeping them close so they're, they're not paying them a lot of freight and whatever. But uh, I think that that is going to be our, our, right now, our first step, and I think going on in the future, it's gonna continue. There's so many people wanting to move out of the cities and into smaller areas. Thank you. William, what is your vision for bringing in additional better paying jobs via anchor businesses that will attract permanent young families to Fayette County? Via what businesses? Anchor businesses. Anchor businesses? Yes. And then businesses that stay in the community for a long time? Yes, yes. Um, that's a very good question. Um, first thing to do would be to move, remove any restrictions and any unnecessary red tape that would prevent businesses from coming here in the first place. I've heard stories of people around the county trying to open and start businesses, and there's been, again, a very anti-business attitude um, amongst many of the community leaders. And so um, I don't know that I would want a large technology company, though that probably benefit a lot of folks. I'd like to see a lot of small businesses, a lot of entrepreneurship. And I, I think if, if there were more things for the youth to do around here, if there were more opportunity, it would attract more people, and it would attract more business. And everywhere I look, I see restrictions and bureaucracy, and so I'm not sure, um, you know, what can be done about that. But it's going to take a change in attitude amongst the citizens, and it's going to require a lot of conversations to do so. Thank you, Dan. What is your vision for bringing in additional, better-paying jobs via anchor businesses into the county that will attract permanent young families? Sure, that would be a, that'd be something we'd all strive for. Uh, LaGrange has good, good paying jobs, I'm talking about as far as Fayette County is concerned, but for years, Schulenberg 
as attractive industry jobs, but low paying jobs. LaGrange, you've got the courthouse, you've got the highway department, you've got the power plant, you've got Fayette Electric, uh, the uh, Colorado Electric, high paying jobs. So yes, of course, we all want higher paying jobs brought here, and I'll do whatever I can as county judge to attract good paying jobs, and that's the key. Uh, going back to the southern part of the county, we've got lower paying jobs. High-paying jobs, that's what we need here. Thank you. Corinne, what is your vision for bringing in additional better-paying jobs via anchor businesses that will attract permanent young families to the county? Thank you for the question. This is my passion. Uh, the number one thing we do, first of all, foremost, is keep the tax rate low. They're not coming if we raise our taxes. Uh, we bring in more revenue by keeping that rate low and getting those anchor industries here. Currently, the only anchor employer we have is, is LCRA. Uh, and we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket, as great as LCRA is. Uh, so we have to meet the need and we have to meet the market. Uh, in our community, the need is primarily for healthcare. Uh, you're six times more likely to die of a vascular event in Bay County than you are for places that have high-level vascular care. That, that's, a, that's a stroke and that's a heart attack. You're three times more likely to die of a neoplasm, that's a cancer, than you are at places that have high-level cancer care. And we also have a, a population that is 14 years older by average than most places in Texas. If I was a business that wanted to serve somebody, I could not imagine a better platform for that. So we attract those, we make things uh, that, that move them into the market. And I'll get to that in a second. The other thing we do is to meet the market. In this county, we have a lot of beef, uh, but we generally sell it on the hook. We can do things to have value added and get more money for our beef, packing different things, and in closing, you're not going to do either one of those unless you address the three major problems that we have right now. We don't have enough housing that young families can afford. We don't have enough child care. And we don't have enough specialized training. But I have a plan for all that. Please look on my website. It's all lined out there very clearly. Thank you. Our next question will start with uh, William first. William, are you familiar with the county budget? And if so, have you recognized or identified any inefficiencies that you will address? Um, the county budget is very large and complex, and it's going to be very hard to absorb that in a short amount of time. But however, I did take a look at the budget from 2019 to see if I could determine where the increase came from, as was asked last week. And after studying the comprehensive annual financial reports and looking at the balance sheets in there, uh, on average there's about a 4% increase in tax uh, revenue and expenses every year. And in 2019, there was a 10% increase in revenue and an 11% increase in expenses. On the balance sheet, most of those, now, now most of that was due to an increase in the, in the tax base. So the, the value of the properties increased so much Tax rate remained the same, but everybody's taxes went up. There was about $2.4 million in excess funds. About uh, a third of that, uh, $800,000, was left on the balance sheet. And about $1.5 million of that went to primarily three capital projects. There was purchases for equipment and uh, communications equipment, purchases of um, trucks and trailers and a chip spreader, and about $760,000 of that uh, went to the EMS building. Thank you. Uh, Dan, are you familiar with the county budget? And if so, have you recognized any inefficiencies that you will address? Well, I'm familiar with the county budget, and the reason that we uh, have conservative, fiscal uh, conservative uh, people here in the county as leaders 
is because people like Judge Weber, prior to Judge Weber, Judge Inetzka, prior to Judge Inetzka, Judge Beck, prior to Judge Beck, Judge Fritz Price, and before Fritz Price, Judge Ike Petrosh, all fiscal conservatives. Same thing like if you look at the sheriffs that we've had, Sheriff Karenik, a fiscal conservative, prior to him, Sheriff Rick Vandal, prior to Sheriff Vandal, Vastine Copeland, before Copeland, Sheriff Floynoy. What do they all have in common? Well, good law enforcement officers, but also know how to control spending. And so I'll go back to what I said earlier. I don't see a major problem with the spending here on the county level. Thank you. Craig, are you familiar with the county budget? And if so, have you recognized any inefficiencies that you've tried to address? Yes, I'm very familiar with the county budget. I sit through those budget meetings every year. I have to submit my own budget. Uh, our county runs really lean. Uh, Judge Weber is a big part of that. Uh, another person that's a big part of that is a gentleman in the back of the room, Jason McBroom. He beats me up on my budget all the time. He looks at every little band-aid that's spent. Uh, the people looking after your money in this county do a really, really good job. Uh, the only inefficiencies I see is there's some things that we're paying for that we might could pay for with uh, what Judge Weber calls OPM, other people's money. Uh, and so we need to look for more grants. Uh, Judge Weber allowed me to hire a full-time grant administrator, and uh, she paid for her entire probably decade worth of salary in the first few months she was here, bringing in literally millions of dollars uh, that we did not know were there and looking in places that people don't always look. You know, that low-hanging fruit's easy to get in the grant world, honestly, but looking for private grants, looking for complicated grants uh, out there takes some effort. Some of them aren't worth the squeeze. Truthfully, a lot of them have more strings attached than they're worth, uh, but they are worth exploring to see if that's the case or if that is not the case. So uh, I'd like to congratulate all the people that have run this county for a long time. They do it very, very lean, and they try very hard uh, to keep your, your tax dollars spent very well. Uh, we have an exceptional group of leaders here. Thank you. Uh, Lori, are, are you familiar with the county budget? And if so, have you recognized any inefficiencies that you would like to address? I have gone through it very carefully several times to look at every line item. Um, I think that you would have to be an author of that budget to be able to sit here and say that yes, there are some things that maybe uh, shouldn't be in there. But for me, as a person who is looking at it uh, on the other side, I can't say that I would know what would be needed to come out, so. Okay, thank you. Our next question will start with Dan. Um, how are you planning on continuing support for all the veterans of Fayette County as county judge? Well, uh, I'm not planning to do anything differently than it's already been done. Uh, you know, the veterans are a big part of our county. We've got an aging group of veterans, but uh, I've been working with the <coughs> veterans here in Fayette County for 45 years. Uh, I've got a picture that hangs on my wall when I was the uh, uh, parade marshal here in Ellinger. Uh, after it was all over, my friend, the late James Brosman, coordinated the, the VFW and the American Legion from Schulenburg and he wanted to take a picture, and that picture hangs in the American Legion Hall in Schulenburg. It hangs in my office. Uh, so I, I sit here now. I don't have an answer for you as to what to do to pay tribute to the veterans any more than we always have. Uh, there are some in our society 
that uh, say that the Vietnam veteran was spit on and such like that. Uh, well, that's true. That did happen in the United States of America, but I promise you it never happened in Fayette County, Texas. Thank you. Craig, as county judge, how are you planning to continue to support the veterans of the county? So we have a member of American Legion in this room. He invited me out to speak to American Legion around top and get some input they have. And what I found was they're dealing with a lot of the same issues that everyone else is. They're worried about paying for the house because the taxes are going up. Uh, they don't have the access to the health care, and they need it more than others. Uh, we can help the things that, that they have by helping the community as a whole. Specifically, there's some things that we can do to help them that we're not doing. Uh, something very simple, like I want to put a, a veterans-only parking spot at the, at the courthouse. You know, that, that's not something big, but it means something to people. And, and th these little acknowledgments mean, mean a lot. Uh, I'd also like to have someone help them even more so than currently exists with the, the benefits that they've already earned and finding and navigating through those. You know, they've got all these federal benefits, and that's great. But as you know, dealing with the federal government is very difficult, especially for someone who may not have uh, the most familiarity with the Internet or may have other issues, may have hearing or vision problems from their time serving our country. Uh, just do the things that, that already exist, uh, but do them better is what I would do. And, uh, and thank you so much for our veterans. I'm so blessed to work for uh, a three-star general. I married a colonel's daughter. I have the utmost respect for our military. I do not have the pleasure of serving, uh, but it is uh, an institution I hold dear. Thank you. Lori, uh, as county judge, um, how would you continue to support the veterans of the county? I would love to see a program set up where uh, young individual, young kids that are in high school or graduated from college are uh, living in the LaGrange or Fayette County area, actually. Uh, if they would have a buddy system, I really think that a, a military man that has, or military person that has served that long and have, they have stories to tell and stories that mean will mean something later on in life and I would like for them to share those with them and uh, just make sure that the younger generation knows what they're they fought for thank you William as county judge how would you plan to continue supporting the veterans of our county um, well, quite frankly, I'm not very familiar with um, what the county is doing at this time. I did talk to the head of that department, but we were discussing matters unrelated to Veterans Affairs. Um, I will surely speak to him this week, and I will get back to you next week with an answer on that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, our last question will start with Craig. As Chief Executive Officer of Fayette County, what would you do personally to reach out to Fayette County schools, both public and private? Uh, that goes back to what we've been talking about all week, having the communication together. I have a very good relationship with all of our superintendents, public and private, uh, and I talk to them on a regular basis. And one of the first things I did as the Chief of University Management is I created an email group, and I send out county updates to these folks all the time. Uh, we bring them in, we, we communicate uh, our needs, uh, I'm working at getting an active shooter class together for our, for our schools. I've already gotten it approved for some other folks. There's a lot we can do. You know, obviously we don't have oversight over the schools. They're independent school districts for a reason. 
Uh, but having that very close relationship with the county is an immeasurable gain, and I would continue to do so in the same manner I'm doing already. If you want to know what I would do, just look at what I've done over the last couple of years. I work very, very closely with our schools, uh, both our private and our, and our public schools, in the same manner. I also don't think we should be giving uh, partiality to one versus the other, or even partiality to one versus people who choose to homeschool their kids. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of ways out there to educate your kids well. We should support them all with all our efforts. Thank you. Uh, Lori, uh, same question. As Chief Executive Officer of Fayette County, what would you do to personally to reach out to the Fayette County schools, public and private? I would go visit each one. I would go sit through some of the classes in the younger grades, the middle grade, middle school, and all through high school. Uh, I want them to feel like their uh, opinions or their thoughts matter and sit and listen. And maybe have start a uh, group from all of the schools in the district or in the county. I'm sorry, and have them get together once once a month and talk about the things that they're going through, so that everyone can we can find help or we can find answers for them. Thank you, William. Uh, same question as Chief Executive Officer of Bay County. What would you do personally to reach out to Fayette County Schools, public and private? Well, the county government really has no jurisdiction over the schools, and so I don't know that it would be appropriate to reach out to them. Um, public schools, uh, you know, of course, if I were invited to speak, I would call for wise counsel. If anybody wanted my advice and opinion on anything, I would certainly talk to them, but I don't know that I would be reaching out to them in particular, private schools may not want to be reached out to by government. Speaking as a homeschooler, homeschoolers don't particularly like government interference in their education. And so while I would gladly speak to anyone who uh, would like to hear my opinion and wise counsel, it's, it's not something I'm thinking about right now because it's not within the realm of jurisdiction of the government. Thank you. Uh, Dan, uh, same question as Chief Executive Officer of Fayette County. What would you do to personally reach out to the Fayette County schools, public and private? Well, my answer would be a little bit different. Uh, I think that the, uh, the youngsters, the, the, the students in school, they're our greatest resource. And I would be, uh, I would have a plan to visit every school district board meeting at least once a year, much like I would visit the city council meetings in each town. Uh, on, a, on a timely basis, uh, doing what I can to help as a county judge, doing what I have to keep our school districts as, as strong as they can be, uh, both the independent school districts as well as the, uh, as the private schools. Thank you. That's all the questions that we have this evening. Candidate will have two minutes for their closing remarks. So um, we'll go ahead and start with William for your closing remarks. Well, thanks everyone for coming here tonight. I'm glad to see that the message of liberty is spreading so rapidly. It is clear that my principle stands for liberty and liberty of government is popular, and I'm glad to see others so readily adopt these positions. Liberty matters, the law matters, and our families matter. I believe I speak for the silent majority who have been keeping their heads down and working really hard, who have been browbeaten and intimidated. No one should lose their job and no businesses should be closed. 
as the citizens know best and are capable of making um, decisions on their own without government interference. Any organization that takes on the characteristic, characteristics of its leader, now more than ever, we need a good role model and a principled, unwavering leader who will fight to preserve the rights that made this country great. Uh, we need protection from tyranny from the White House to the State House to the Courthouse. Here I am. And I'm going to focus on the future of Fayette County, and I look forward to working with the citizens and the elected officials and the employees to, to make our future bright. I want to thank my wonderful and beautiful wife, Brianne, and all of my children for their complete dedication and support. Without them, I couldn't do this, and it's because of them that I do. I want to thank everyone in the hall here for hosting and the Republican Party for putting on this event. Um, I thank all of the citizens. I'm so glad to see such a large attendance at these uh, events. I have been calling for citizen participation since the beginning. Uh, please visit my website at williamforliberty.com, and that is the word for. There you'll find my complete and detailed resume, more background information, and my contact information. Um, I would be happy to meet with any of you and your friends, um, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks and God bless. Thank you. Dan, your closing remarks. Well, my slogan for my campaign is a Fayette County native with a common sense approach, a commitment to justice, integrity, honesty, and low taxes. People across the county know me. They know what I stand for. For 28 years, I've been the Justice of the Peace of Precinct 4. And for those of you perhaps not familiar with Precinct 4, it's Schulenburg, Ammonsville, Holman, Dubina, Swizz Out, Mullins Prairie, High Hill, St. John, the Freiburg area. Uh, in 1983, then Judge Dan Beck called me to his office one day. He said, I want to start a Crime Stoppers program and I want you to head it up. So we, Judge Beck and I sat down and we picked out some people from across the county. Otto Steinhauser from Plantonia, uh, Jack Clazel and Roy, uh, Jack Clazel and Ray Elliott from Schulenburg, John Sufer from Fayetteville, and we started Fayette County Crime Stoppers and it's in existence still today. I serve as the president. I see two of my cohorts in the back of the room. Constable Roger Wunderlich, Constable Billy Wrench, they're members of Fayette County Crime Stoppers. We played a huge part, I say we, Crime Stoppers played a huge, played a huge part in solving a crime that occurred here about six months ago. It's not been prosecuted, so I'm not at liberty to talk about it, but uh, people know me, they know what I stand for, and it would be an honor to serve as your next Fayette County judge. Thank you. Craig, closing remarks? Thank you. You guys have been able to hear what our opinions are on different subjects and hear what some of our background is. But what I want to share with you now is what kind of judge I'm going to be to you and what your interaction is going to be with me as a judge. Uh, transparency will be very important. It will be a key. Uh, we need financial transparency, not just by putting our budget up on the website, but putting it in a way that people can understand. And if you still don't understand it, uh, we'll sit down and explain it to you. 
Uh, let me give you something else that I learned from my boss, Judge Weber. Here's my phone number, 832-692-6034. That's my personal cell phone number, and I'm not changing it when I become county judge. Call me anytime. Many of you have called me over the last couple of years with worries already. And my phone blows up all the time, all times of the night. 20 years as a fireman, that is perfectly fine with me. Call me, I will have an open door policy. Uh, I would like to consider moving commissioner's court to the time that people can, under, can come and see what goes on inside your county, especially on things that have uh, public comment and have a high interest to the community. Uh, and we will, I want to institute what's called a consent agenda so that a lot of stuff that goes before commissioner's court is wordy and takes forever. We can get it out of the way quick and we're not going to waste your time if you do decide to come to court and see what's going on. With a consent agenda, anything that is uh, wants to be brought up and talked about it can be pulled by any commissioner or the judge and talked about, but things that are routine and need to be passed are going to be passed. Uh, I'm going to have an open door policy just as Judge Weber has, and Mr. Schlaubach, I also have a plan to open the doors to the courthouse on all four sides. Uh, I have Moreau22.com as my website, uh, and also have a very good discussion page, which a lot of the things you've heard about tonight come from. It's the Craig Moreau for County Judge Discussion Group on Facebook. Uh, come in. If you like stuff I'm saying, great. If you don't like stuff I'm saying, even better. I want to know why, and we want to move forward together with this county. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lori, the closing remarks? Well, first of all, let me thank you for all for getting this together and doing this now for us twice. And one more time next week, I believe. Uh, I want to say that uh, I know, I realize, I'm just going to go ahead and say the word. I'm the only woman in the group. <laughs> and I, uh, I know people might think that that's you know, not what we need. But when I was uh, the first mayor in Flatonia, uh, we did things that, we got things done that were needed so desperately badly, desperately, that they couldn't make the decision, couldn't figure out where to come up with the money, couldn't, couldn't get it done. So we got, we got a lot of things done. I moved from there, I served on countless governor's boards, uh, I grew housing, our uh, building roads, uh, sewer plants. Uh, no, it's not pretty, but it has to be done. You know, it's just planning for all of those things uh, on these different committees that I've, I've been on. LCRA has taught me so much. It's a huge uh, company, and, but it's not. LCRA, the plant out here, the guys work harder than anybody I, I know. And through the last year, during the blizzard, they were all at work. They weren't home. And I was proud to be part of that. I want to represent the citizens of the entire county. And I want to prove to you that I can be a strong, strong judge and use my contacts with the governor's office and thank you. Thank you.